Hello, you're listening to the Bible Podcast. Today is May 3rd. We're working our way through the second book of Kings. Today's reading covers chapters 16 and 17. Let's jump right in. Chapter 16. Ahaz, son of Jotham, became king of Judah in the 17th year of the reign of Pekah, son of Remaliah. Ahaz was 20 when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 16 years. But unlike David, his forefather, he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his God. He followed the ways of the kings of Israel, and he even sacrificed his son in the fire, participating in the disgusting practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He sacrificed and presented burnt offerings on the high places and on the hills and under every green tree. Rezin, king of Aram, and Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, came and attacked Jerusalem. They besieged Ahaz, but couldn't defeat him. This was when Rezin, king of Aram, recovered Elath for Edom. He expelled the people of Judah and sent Edomites to Elath, where they still live to this day. In a side note on uh, verse 6, Aram and Edom are two words that are very similar in Hebrew. It seems unlikely that the Arameans would have wished to hold a town so far from their own territory in the land of the Edomites. So some biblical versions replace Rezin king of Aram with the king of Edom, but he's not previously mentioned. So the conclusion is that it's unsure as to whether Elath was conquered by Arameans or Edomites. However, it's sure that the town was lost to the people of Judah and was occupied by the Edomites. Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, saying, I'm your servant and your son. Please come and rescue me from the kings of Aram and Israel who are attacking me. Ahaz took the silver and gold from the Lord's temple and from the treasuries of the king's palace, and he sent it to the king of Assyria as a gift. The king of Assyria responded positively to him. He went and attacked Damascus and captured it. He deported its inhabitants to Kir and executed Rezin. King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria. During his visit, he saw an altar in Damascus, and he sent Uriah the priest a drawing of the altar, along with instructions how to build it. So Uriah the priest built an altar following all the instructions King Ahaz had sent from Damascus, completing it before King Ahaz returned. When the king came back from Damascus, he saw the altar. He went over to it and made offerings on it. He presented his burnt offerings and his grain offering, and he poured out his drink offering and sprinkled the blood of his friendship offerings on it. He also moved the bronze altar that stood before the Lord from the front of the temple between the new altar and the Lord's temple, and he placed it to the north of the new altar. Then King Ahaz ordered Uriah the priest, Use this new important altar to offer the morning burnt offering, the evening grain offering, the king's burnt offering and grain offering, and the burnt offering of all the people, and their grain offerings and drink offerings. Sprinkle on this altar the blood of all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. The old bronze altar I'll use for divination. Uriah the priest followed King Ahaz's orders. King Ahaz also removed the frames of the movable carts and also took out the bronze basin from each of them. He removed the sea from the bronze bulls it rested on and placed it on a stone pedestal. He took down the Sabbath canopy they had built in the temple, as well as the king's outer entrance to the Lord's temple. He did this to please the king of Assyria. 
The rest of what happened in Ahaz's reign and all he did are recorded in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah. Ahaz died and was buried with his forefathers in the city of David. His son, Hezekiah, succeeded him as king. Chapter 17. Hoshea, son of Elah, became king of Israel in the twelfth year of the reign of King Ahaz of Judah. He reigned in Samaria for nine years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, but not in the same way the kings of Israel who were before him. Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came and attacked him, and Hoshea submitted to him and paid him tribute. But then the king of Assyria discovered that Hoshea was being disloyal. Hoshea had sent messengers to So, king of Egypt, asking for help. And he also had stopped sending annual tribute to the king of Assyria as he had done previously. So the king of Assyria arrested Hoshea and put him in prison. Then the king of Assyria invaded the whole country and attacked Samaria, besieging it for three years. In the ninth year of the reign of Hoshea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria and deported the Israelites to Assyria. He settled them in Halah in Gozon on the Habor River in the town of the Medes. All this happened because the people of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, the one who had led them out of Egypt, saving them from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. They had worshipped other gods, adopting the ways of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites and the pagan practices introduced by the kings of Israel. Secretly, the Israelites did things that were not right against the Lord their God. They built high places in all their towns from watchtowers to fortified cities. They set up pagan stone pillars and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every green tree. They offered sacrifices on all the high places, just like the nations the Lord drove out before them. They did evil things, angering the Lord. They worshipped idols, even though the Lord had told them, You are not to do this. Yet the Lord had warned Israel and Judah repeatedly through all his prophets and seers, saying, Leave your wicked ways and keep my commandments and instructions. Follow the whole law that I ordered your forefathers to obey and gave you through my servants the prophets. But they refused to listen, and they were as stubborn as their forefathers who did not trust the Lord their God. They gave up on his regulations and the covenant he had made with their forefathers, as well as the decrees he had given them. They followed pointless idols, and they became pointless themselves, copying the nations around them that the Lord had ordered them not to copy. They ignored all the commandments of the Lord their God, and they made themselves two metal idols of calves and an Asherah pole. They bowed down in worship to the sun, moon, and stars, and served Baal. They sacrificed their sons and daughters as pagan burnt offerings and practiced fortune-telling and witchcraft. They gave themselves over to doing what was evil in the Lord's sight, making him angry. So the Lord was extremely angry with Israel, and he banished them from his presence. Only the tribe of Judah was left. But even Judah did not keep the commandments of the Lord their God, but followed the idolatry that Israel had introduced. The Lord gave up on all the descendants of Israel. He punished them and handed them over to their enemies until he had banished them from his presence. When the Lord ripped Israel away from the house of David, they made Jeroboam son of Nebat their king. Jeroboam led Israel away from the Lord and made them commit terrible sins. The Israelites continued to practice all the sins that Jeroboam committed. They did not stop doing them, so the Lord eventually expelled them from his presence, just as he had said he would through all his servants, the prophets. 
So the Israelites were deported from their land and taken to Assyria, where they are to this day. The king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and Sepharvaim, and settled them in the towns of Samaria instead of the Israelites. They took over ownership of Samaria and lived in its towns. When they first started living there, they did not worship the Lord, so he sent lions there among them, killing some of them. The king of Assyria was told, The peoples that you brought and settled in the towns of Samaria, they don't know the rules of the God of the land. As a result, he has sent lions among them, which are killing them off because they don't know what the God of the land requires. The king of Assyria gave the order, Send back one of the priests you deported from Samaria, and let him go back and live there and teach the rules of the God of the land. So one of the priests who had been deported from Samaria returned to live in Bethel and taught them how to worship the Lord. But the people of the different nations went on making their own gods in the towns where they had settled, and they placed them in the shrines of the high places that the people of Samaria had made. Those from Babylon made Succoth Benoth, those from Kutha made Nergal, and those from Hamath made Ashima. The Avites made Nibaz and Tartak, and the Sepharvites sacrificed their children as burnt offerings to their gods Adramalek and Anamalek. While they worshipped the Lord, they also appointed priests from all kinds of their own people to offer sacrifices for them in the shrines of the high places. So even though they worshipped the Lord, they also worshipped their own gods, following the practices of the nations they had come from. Even to this day, they are still following their former practices. None of them truly worship the Lord or observe the regulations, requirements, laws, and commandments that the Lord gave to the descendants of Jacob, the one he named Israel. For the Lord had made an agreement with the Israelites, ordering them, Don't worship other gods or bow down to them. Don't serve them or offer sacrifices to them. You must worship only the Lord, who led you out of Egypt, helping you with his great power and strong arm. Only bow down to him. Only offer sacrifices to him. Always pay attention to observe the regulations, requirements, laws, and commandments he gave you in writing. And don't worship other gods. Don't forget the agreement I have made with you, and don't worship other gods. You must worship only the Lord your God, and he will save you from all your enemies. But they refused to listen and continued their former idolatrous practices. Even while these people from different nations were worshiping the Lord, they were actually worshiping their idols. Their children and grandchildren continued to do as their forefathers did to this day. Did you know that Niccolo Machiavelli was born on this day in 1469? Many scholars consider Machiavelli to be the father of modern political science. This Italian statesman and writer viewed the state as an organism, with its ruler as the head and its people as the body. He said a healthy state is unified, orderly, and in balance, but an unhealthy state is disorderly, unbalanced, and may require strong measures to restore it to normalcy. Machiavelli called for a leader to use any means necessary to preserve the state, resorting to cruelty, deception, and force if nothing else worked. As a result, the word Machiavellian came to mean cunning and unscrupulous. Many scholars say Machiavelli was misunderstood and thus had gotten a bum rap. While that may be true, another ruler of long ago used Machiavellian principles and is not misunderstood. Ahaz was the son and successor 
of Jotham, king of Judah. He was the father of Hezekiah. The Bible characterizes Ahaz as an evil man who participated in the most monstrous of idolatrous practices. Ahaz's name means he has grasped, and he became known as one of Judah's most despicable leaders. His actions were blasphemous. His horrible and disobedient 16-year reign was contemporary with the prophets Isaiah and Micah. Looking deeper, decency disappears when we give ourselves to evil. Ahaz turned from God and copied the behavior of God's enemies. He soon sacrificed his own children to idols. When we stand for nothing, we fall for everything. Without a personal relationship with God, Ahaz started sacrificing to idols on every hill and under every tree. If we reject God, we won't have his help when the crunch comes. Ahaz had to turn to the king of Assyria when his enemies threatened because he had rejected God. Unholy alliances distort faith and make us captives. Ahaz's alliance with Tiglath-Pileser caused him to copy a pagan altar and give deference to the king of Assyria. Sin destroys us and our reputation. During his 16-year reign, Ahaz was known as an evil man who participated in the most monstrous of idolatrous practices. I'm just so thankful for Jesus Christ. For now, we live in New Testament grace. We've been set free by the sacrifice of the Lamb and by the precious, precious blood of Jesus. The gift of grace and salvation has been freely given to set man free from the bondage of the law and sin. I'd like to read for you a passage from The Normal Christian Life, written by Watchman Nee. Abide in me, and I in you. This is a double sentence, a command coupled with a promise. That is to say, there is an objective and subjective side to God's working, and the subjective side depends upon the objective. The I in you is the outcome of our abiding in Him. We need to guard against being over-anxious about the subjective side of things and so becoming turned in upon ourselves. We need to dwell upon the objective, abide in me, and to let God take care of the subjective, and this he has undertaken to do. Watchman Nee says, I have illustrated this from the electric light. You are in a room and it is growing dark. You would like to have the light on in order to read. There is a reading lamp on the table beside you. What do you do? Do you watch it intently to see if the light will come on? Do you take a cloth and polish the bulb? No, you get up and cross over to the other side of the room where the switch is on the wall and you turn the current on. You turn your attention to the source of power and when you have taken the necessary action there, the light comes on here. So in our walk with the Lord, our attention must be fixed on Christ. Abide in me and I in you is the divine order. Faith in the objective facts makes those facts true subjectively. As the Apostle Paul puts it, we all, beholding the glory of the Lord, are transformed into the same image. 2 Corinthians 3.18 The same principle holds good in the matter of fruitfulness of life. He that abideth in me 
and I in him, the same beareth much fruit. John 15.5 We do not try to produce fruit or concentrate upon the fruit produced. Our business is to look away to him. As we do so, he undertakes to fulfill his word in us. How do we abide? he asks. Of God are ye in Christ Jesus? It was the work of God to put you there, and he has done it. Now stay there. Do not be moved back onto your own ground. Never look at yourself as though you were not in Christ. Look at Christ and see yourself in him. Abide in him. Rest in the fact that God has put you in his Son, and live in the expectation that he will complete his work in you. It is for him to make good the glorious promise that sin shall not have dominion over you. Romans 6.14 The kingdom of this world is not the kingdom of God. God had in his heart a world system, a universe of his creating, which should be headed up in Christ his Son. Colossians 1.16 and 17 But Satan, working through man's flesh, has set up instead a rival system known in Scripture as this world, a system in which we are involved and which he himself dominates. He has in fact become the prince of this world. John 12.31 And this reading brings me to these two Scriptures, 1 John 4, 1-4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. In 1 John 2.15 Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay, sons and daughters of God, I look forward to being with you tomorrow as we read through 2 Kings covering chapters 18 through 20.